0: Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets yesterday wrapping up a quick two-game road trip to Washington and Tampa, and now back at home tomorrow night they will take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley here with you. And Jody, of the games that the Blue Jackets played on the road, and let's start with the Carolina game last Saturday that they won in a shootout Played well in that game. Played a really structured game in Washington on Sunday. Perhaps their best game of the entire year, by the way. Just couldn't get a goal against Darcy Kemper and lost that one one nothing. And then last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning did what the Tampa Bay Lightning does to a lot of teams. They put six on the Blue Jackets in getting the victory last night. But the overall theme here is in the last three games, the Blue Jackets have seemed to to find something a little bit more in their structure, in their identity, all these things we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a good start there in Carolina to get that boost because Carolina comes in, they're one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, and the Blue Jackets end up winning that one in a fine fashion at home, and and you get a a rookie like Marchenko to – play above and beyond and, and you know there hasn't been a lot of overachievers on this team this year but good to see him do that you feel the energy the guys get rewarded with the victory and yeah that was the effort you look for right the the goaltender Corpusala played so well uh, that was a key in that game and then you got some offense you got some plays and, and then you got the team morale up a little bit then you go into Washington it looks like it carries over that's a, a back-to-back situation where you know, there's all the talk of the back-to-back, but it's nice after a win to, to have that fresh in your memory, to be able to get out there and try to keep things exactly how they were the night before. So the Blue Jackets did that, played extremely well. Elvis, that first goal was just a bad bounce, and he looked a little rattled, but he got himself together and kept his team in it and gave them a chance to win. And, and you're right, there were some great moments in that game. But then you get last night in Tampa, and... Probably not a great time to run into the Tampa Bay Lightning coming off of two losses, two days off, a little bit of a break. Uh, You knew they were going to come out anxious and excited, and it it put the Blue Jackets on their heels in the first period. They were were scrambling. There was a lot of plays where it was just trying to bunt the puck out of their own end. They couldn't get it organized to make a play. And, you know, that happens with young teams against elite teams that are Especially when they're a little salty and and they wanna write the ship. So, you know, Coach Cooper for the Lightning had talked about they weren't happy, uh, they needed to get on the same page and he doubled down on it yesterday at pregame skate. So he expected them to come out with that push, and, and there was some fight from the Blue Jackets, though. You know, the the power play opportunity, I felt like they created momentum off the power play last night. They got things at the net. They made some good plays. You could see them with with the puck playing with confidence. But then in the end, when it was 3-2, yeah, they were still in it, but then the game got away from them. And you'd really have to credit Tampa. I mean, you know, the speed they play with, the time and space they take away from you, uh, how they, they, they just... You think you have the puck in time, and they're immediately on top of you. They were coming at the Blue Jackets. And Coach Cooper said last night after the game he wasn't happy with the entire game. He was happy that they got the two points, but he wanted to see them put that game away early. So it's a combination of things right now. You know, they found a way to lose that game last night. I think that's the most disappointing uh, part of it when I think there's, we expect them to find a way to win. And, and we saw it in Carolina. We almost saw it in uh, Washington, and I guess last night— uh, we, You know, it was the opposite of that. Yeah. Saw,
0: as you said, saw parts of it, but just couldn't put anything together. But the Lightning, here's the thing about them. You know, you've got a Blue Jackets team that has a lot of rookies playing, and I get it. But even the guys that are regulars right now, they haven't spent a lot of time together. Tampa Bay Lightning, completely different. Yeah. I mean, these guys, most of them have won two Stanley Cups. Most of them have been in the Stanley Cup final three years in a row. Not all of them. But, you know, Kucherov drives that team. Stamkos drives that team. And even the guys now like Anthony Sorelli's been around for a couple of years. Nick Paul has fit in there really well. You could see when they're playing, and you saw it early in the game, in the first period, as you said, they're called out by their coach, which he hardly ever does, after two what he felt was bad losses. And they just know where each other's going to be. I look at the Nick Paul goal as a great example of it. Kucherov already has one goal. He just uh, one-timed a couple of pucks from the very same spot in the right-wing circle where he gets yet another pass, and this time it's just a slap pass to the top of the crease in Nick Paul stick on the ice. Nick Paul knows that. I, and, I mean, it's, it's just a familiarity from these guys for playing together for so long, playing in the same system for so long, and knowing how to
1: execute well and winning two stanley cups and going to the finals last year that's a different animal i mean that that room runs itself with the expectations and the standard of every day at practice and it starts with their goalie uh, vasilevsky and how hard he works and you know the blue jackets are in a, a very different situation with you're right uh new players in the locker room uh a lot of guys injured that they would key pieces that they would look to and so now they're trying to find that that element of hard work and simplicity that teams that run into this situation uh, have to get to, but just too many mistakes. And, and, you know, these teams that have this kind of depth and expectations and as things get tougher in a game, they dial it up even more. uh, They can make you pay at any mistake. And that's what we saw last night in that game. So, you know, it's, it's, you get optimistic with the Carolina game and then that they've found their game at least. And then you look at the Washington game and think, if they play that way every game, at least they'll have a chance. they give themselves a chance to win. And and that's what you look for. Uh, but last night, too many holes.
0: Too many holes indeed. And uh, let's talk a little bit about, if you look at ice time, Johnny Gaudreau had, the, the, I think it's the least amount of ice time he's gotten in a game all year long. And he's been down the last two games. Johnny, um, you go on the road. The matchups that you're going to get, if you're him, you're on the top line, you're always going to get the top defenders on the other side, and right now as the Blue Jackets are trying to find some kind of footing, it looks like that's kind of a a disadvantage because the other teams are able to get what they want out there, and they're kind of stifling him right now.
1: Well, it's a very interesting dynamic because if you're a defenseman, like even Ian Cole who was out there against him last night, you know... You know the task at hand. You know that your job or your challenge for that shift is to make sure you're in his face on arrival of a puck or don't let him get the, the feet going and, and find open ice. And, and they did a very good job of crowding him last night. Look at that dynamic of his line as well. I mean, he's got Emil Bemstrom, who's on a, you know, he's pretty much trying to showcase himself as far as being sent down to the minors a couple times, uh, has had success there. And now he's on the top line with Johnny Goodrow. There's a lot that goes on in his head that, you know, where's Johnny? I have the puck. What should I do with it? Like, that's a young thing where Johnny needs a player or players uh, that he can get the puck to or can, like, think about Boone Jenner and how much work he did for Johnny Goodrow on that line. That's why it was starting to work a little bit because – Boom, to go get pucks. Then he'd stay in the hard area. Then he'd get the puck and make the play. And, you know, there were some combinations with those two that they complemented each other. And then you have Kent Johnson, who's a fresh rookie in the National Hockey League, but he's playing center ice, which isn't just winning faceoffs and, and, you know, trying to figure out his game with the puck in the National Hockey League. It's with the puck and without the puck with Johnny Goodrow and then Emil Bemstrom. So, you know, that dynamic of that line is still – they've been together for a few games now, but there's more to it than just Johnny Goodrow. I agree there's there's an element where Johnny, you know, last year he was going to get pucks and fighting to get pucks, but I think there's games where he's so smothered, like last night, that you're not seeing that, what you would expect in certain situations. I think that has something or has a lot to do with it. And
0: I think it's a great point you make about – Boone Jenner not being there. The thing about Boone, as you said, he gets pucks and then he goes to the hard areas. Kent Johnson is not a go-to-the-hard areas kind of guy, and I'm not knocking him. He's just a different style of a player. He's he's a finesse player. He's a, uh, he's a playmaker, and he likes to skate with the puck and attract a lot of attention. Boone is not. Boone is a, I'll give it to you. I'm going to park myself right there. You shoot it or you get it back on my stick, I'll redirect it, and and then we'll fight to see if we can get it into the net. So that, that that's a huge
1: change just in that mindset itself. Yeah, well, who's going to go get the puck, right? And, and you saw a couple times last night where Kent Johnson overhandled the puck in situations because, A, he didn't see a passing option, and, B, they don't want to give it up in the offensive zone because they're not going to be able to probably get it back. Uh, so they're trying to play that possession game where sometimes you'd like to see lines put it in a safe area, which is behind the goal line of the of the uh, defense, and then try to generate off the cycle. But that line can't cycle. I mean, they can't get the puck and cycle whatsoever. They have to be a possession line, and that played right into Tampa's hand. And then you look at the other line with Line A, Roslevic, and Nyquist. So Nyquist is now the guy that's got to go get the pucks, and you saw Line A on, on the uh, – on um, one of the goals, I think it was a Bayrouther goal last night. He went in and got the puck and made a play, and it ended up being a, a play right to who took his took the shot. So, you know those things. Uh, no, it was it was Tim Burney, sorry, on his first goal. It was Tim Burney's first goal that he made that play. Two goals from defenseman last night, which is depth scoring. And when you have the depth scoring and it's a 3-2 game, then who do you look to? You look to those stars. And that's why, you know, we're talking about Johnny Goodrow and his ice time today. But there's an element of that line that I think that it's not just got Johnny Goodrow. I think the coach uh, just thought, Brad Larson just thought, you know what? Um, it, it, it is He wants more of him, obviously. Uh, I'm sure Johnny wants more of himself. But there's dynamics with lines that, that, that have success, and, and one of those is someone to get the puck, someone to hold on to the puck, and then if you do get it when you're open, you got to be able to make the play back, especially with Goodrow and Line a.
0: And The Blue Jackets had another injury. They had a play without Vladislav Gavrikov last night, arguably the best defenseman, especially when you look at the lineup night in and night out. How long does that last? I don't know. Kind of a day-to-day thing uh, as of right now with him, but you know, i I felt like they did okay defensively. I know that sounds crazy in a six-two game, but you know the fact of the matter is, uh, you know they the power plays would kill them. Going to the penalty box killed them. But uh, you know defensively, five on five was okay. Okay for being without a guy like Gavrikov.
1: You no, know, I thought the second period was okay. I thought the first period everyone was scrambling. You didn't have the poise to be able to stop a play. Gavrikov can do that and then make the pass to get out of your zone. I mean, the key for this team when they beat. Carolina and played against Washington, and, and other wins this year is that in the defensive zone, it's the short passes that get them out, not those long stretch plays you're trying to beat four guys with one pass. Those usually get picked off and come come back in your own way. It's the the cohesion in their defensive zone to work the puck out together, which allows them to be together in the offensive zone when they throw the puck in or get it in for close and quick support. I mean that's what you're when you let defensive players get in between you and the puck it's another obstacle and and you feel a little more crowded so you know that that's what you didn't see in the first period the second period they got organized and they came out and I think they surprised Tampa a little bit with a couple of those plays and you know it was good to see them get back in it but after it it turned to 4-2 then you felt like okay you could see the the air get let out of the balloon and and, but to the point of 3-2 there was some good things to that point where you felt like you know they could at least Uh, give themselves some kind of chance but I I, you know I think a lot of games this year uh, you haven't seen some of that organized play but you're right Gavrikov brings that Uh, Wierenski brings that where you can get the puck and he's gone for the season get the puck and get out of the zone and any team that's having success on any night that's their key they're not scrambling or panic because they have one or two guys who can really just calm it down make the tape to tape pass and then build speed out of their own end.
0: I said 6-2. It was 6-3, but it made me think of one of my favorite lines from Slapshot. And you know, when Jim Carr gives a score and it's wrong and uh, Dickie Dunn, the newspaper writer, just hits him and, and he adjusts it and he goes, uh, it would be like 6-2. Uh, 6-3. Ah, Let's not make it any worse than it actually is. <laughs> one, one of the all-time favorites uh, from that. But, again, the Blue Jackets in the last three games, we've seen some things that are good things. Uh, last night, again, keep in mind who they were playing. But, again, tomorrow – Keep in mind who they're going to be playing, the Carolina Hurricanes, who are back here again. Uh, and, you know, they uh, they wanted to get themselves put together on Saturday when they were here, and it didn't happen. So they'll be looking to do that again tomorrow. So big challenge for the Blue Jackets uh, tomorrow night, and it doesn't get any easier. The schedule's like every other day, and uh, there's no cupcakes on this schedule. The Blue Jackets are looking to just build that structure and continue to put it together. Here's a quick note for you before we go to break. David Yerchek, who just had a great World Juniors tournament, has been named as an American Hockey League All-Star, so congratulations to him. Speaking of defensemen, veteran defenseman Eric Branson is going to join us as the Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets are getting set for their game tomorrow night against the Carolina Hurricanes, and right now we're joined by Blue Jackets defenseman, Eric Goodbranson, and Eric, it has been a gauntlet with the schedule here uh, recently. It all started really with Carolina on Saturday at Nationwide Arena. Then you had to go into Washington and play Tampa last night. Carolina right back at it. There is no rest for the weary here, is there?
2: No, no. That's, uh, that's part of the National Hockey League. Uh, you get You get one good team after another and not too much time to –
0: to recover in between. That's uh, that's what we do, and it's uh, it's a great job. We were talking earlier about the defensive effort against Carolina at home, and then you guys played probably your best game in Washington when it came to the structure of uh, what was done there. And then against Tampa, a veteran team, a Stanley Cup winning team, quite frankly. It kind of got away from you guys, but penalties was a big part of how it got away, wasn't it?
2: Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, and against, against lethal power plays like that, you that's almost first and foremost for for that night is you have to stay out of the box. Um, I mean, they do that to the best penalty kills in the league and, and, um, yeah, best way to kill a penalty is not take one. So
1: what, uh, what's it been like for you, this adjustment to Columbus for you and your family?
2: Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the city, the city's phenomenal. Uh, we, we've been able to settle in. It was a, it was a busy few years, uh, before we made it here, we'd, we'd moved around quite a bit and, and, uh, you know in the midst of it had a couple kids and and uh, it, you know moving here has been been fantastic uh you know the organization has helped us out so much and and you know aside from that given me and, and my family a great opportunity to live here and play here so um we we've thoroughly enjoyed it
1: your role the same here as it was your past few years
2: a uh, a little bit different i i mean i i've i've been traded places for you know Five games to to get the team in the playoffs and 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 then not play in the playoffs i've I've been on teams where I've been playing a similar role to here i've I, you know last year I was more of a third pair role um you know that was that was big physical and 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 you know a good penalty killer it, it kind of switches around and and uh it you know, just tried to stay a, as efficient as i can and as as versatile as I can
1: what about in the locker room is that something uh i mean you're not an old guy but you're a guy with a lot of experience now
2: Honestly, I I just want to be known as a a good teammate at the end of the day. I I mean, you played – you just want to be a good guy in the room, a guy that comes to work every single day, someone you can count on, and, and, um, you know, that's respectful to everyone around the building. And, and, um, you know, as I said,
1: works hard. You know, I ask that because I remember – and when you start thinking about your career and looking back, which you you don't do yet, but I remember being the young guy, right, and everything's impressionable, and you look to the older guys about everything when to eat, how to act, you know, what to wear. And then you're the guy that's uh, kind of the single established guy. Then you're the married guy with kids, right? And you're at that stage now where, you know, you're with a lot of young kids in there. And uh, are you really aware of how much they're watching you?
2: Yeah, I I think this year, definitely. I mean, last year we had, uh, in Calgary, we had a much older team. Um, You know, I was kind of stuck a little bit in the middle uh, or maybe a little bit a second third of the of the age range, but you know this year it's it's a completely different thing, um, and, and yeah, it, it's very noticeable. Um, you know, it, I, I guess I don't really notice whether they're looking at me or not, but I certainly come into the room and want to make a good impression on them, and 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 if they have questions, I. I if I don't have the answer, I'd like to find out for them and, and guide them in the right direction. And as I said, just try to be the best team at camp.
1: Your approach to games—I know you're a guy that will fight. What's it like for you? Where is that in your mind? It used to be in the front of my mind; you could read it on my face. But yeah. for you, where is it in your head?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a—it's a way different league now um, than than when I first started. So, so not—not not very high, whatsoever. If—if if it's there, if it needs to happen, 100%. I, you know. That's a part of my game and and I enjoy it, but um you know the the league's a completely different thing now and and uh you know they're almost hard to
1: hard to find out when you were
2: chasing me around back in the day you <laughs> remember that huh? of my mind. <laughs> yeah, but, What
1: was that your rookie year uh,
2: first or second year, yeah, what
1: year did you come in
2: uh twenty eleven
1: okay, yeah, uh, yeah, I was just wrapping it up, and I was trying to <laughs> probably <laughs> you were big, yeah, looked like a big tough guy yeah and, and Chris Barts went,
2: hey, that guy. No oh, yeah, Chris right. Bartsch, what yeah. a great guy.
1: Yeah. He was tough. He always brought his game. Just yeah. like you. And I, I asked that because, you know, there's all – you have it in you. So it's in there somewhere when someone's in the lineup, and I was just wondering that dynamic. But it must be refreshing to be able to just focus on hockey.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and there's other things that come with that too. I mean, it, it, the way the game's played now, not that it wasn't in the past, but, um, you know, executions at – at a foremost, it's so important to to break the puck out with speed, to to take the proper angles, to stay uh, you know in good defensive position, and and be physical in different ways. Um, you know, back when we started, it was it was a little bit more run and gun, like take a guy's head off. Where, mm-hmm. you know, now it's it's how do you, how do you stay inside the guy that you're covering at all times, and and have a chance of being in a good defensive position. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot more thought in that.
1: I want to ask you, too, because a veteran guy, a lot of injuries, a new location, do you find yourself sometimes trying to do too much? Like, I think it's human nature. And, and you, you know, you're at your best when it's simple. I think everyone is. Yeah. But do you find yourself doing sometime, that sometimes?
2: Uh, a little bit earlier in the year, yeah, I did. Um, now now it's, it's as I said, biggest thing with me is, is, is always have a chance on the defensive side. Yeah. Um, you know, offense. I I wasn't brought here to to bring that. I can. You know, when the opportunity is there, you still have to you be. get sharp. some good chances, actually. Yeah, and, and you know what? I have to bury those. That's the reality too. Um, you know, the games played in waves, big time now, and 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 D men have to be up in the play, and when you get a good opportunity, you have to bury it. So, but yeah, no, it, it's about giving myself a chance defensively at all times, and 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 you know, trying to just calm calm the game down, and and. uh you know, if you, if there's a play to be made, make it. If there's not, then then put it somewhere where you're not going to put yourself in trouble.
1: That sounds easier than than uh, than it is, Bob. No, I'm sure. i tell I'm you sure that for sure. That. Especially with the speed out there. I mean, I, when I get to ice level, you really get to appreciate what the heck is happening on the ice. There's no time and space. Your options, they're there, but then they're gone. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you have to be assertive. Um, you have to. You know, and it's it's the most fleeting thing in the NHL. It's it's difficult to get, but you have to try and find a way to stay confident and make those plays. And done a lot of work on, on settling down pucks, flattening out pucks, so that I can make a good play, not give someone uh, or, or my deep partner anybody on the ice for that matter, you know, my problem. You know, give them something that they can work with, and and you know that that certainly helps.
0: We're talking with Blue Jackets defenseman Eric Goodbranson. Our conversation continues right after this on the Inside Edge on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Tonight, we're joined by Blue Jackets defenseman Eric Goodbranson. You've been playing with Tim Burney for quite a while now, actually. Uh, rookie guy comes in here. Uh, I think you've really been good for him. He has said that you've been good for him. How has he been for you? He's been really good. He's been
2: really good. I think. I think since our first game to now, he's he's, he's grown a lot. Um, I knew nothing about him. He's a he's a very quiet kid. Uh, very very intelligent kid. Just. You know, kind of keeps to himself, and, and and comes to work
0: every single from day. Switzerland. So he's going to be you yeah, know, quiet, yeah. neutral. Yeah,
2: there's there's <laughs> no there's no wasted words there. But but he's uh, he's a competitor. He's he's got a big heart. He plays with heart. You, you can tell. I, I mean that you know we've had we've had different types of games. That the, the game in Ottawa really opened my eyes up to him. He had you know Brady Kachuk taking – taking some healthy runs at him, and, and it didn't faze him whatsoever. He needed – you know, a play needed to be made, and, and he went right back to that spot, made the play, took the hit again, and, and got right back up and didn't say a word about it. So it's uh, it's been a real pleasure playing with him.
0: You know, it's kind of tough that – he got a goal last night, and it's in a 6-3 loss, so you're happy about it, but you can't be too happy about it. How happy were you for him to see one finally go in? So pumped. So pumped.
2: I I, I mean, that that's – you know, in situations like this, it, you got to take a positive when it's there. And, and that's, I mean, he scores first National Hockey League goal against arguably the best goaltender in the world, and you can never take that away from him. So um, it's a, a tremendous accomplishment, and, and uh, you know, there's too many
0: more for him. When you were first coming in like he is, were there any guys that you played with that, you know, you felt really helped you out and, and maybe now you want to emulate as you do it for him? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I Lots of them through the years. Yeah. Um, the two that really had a massive effect on me when I was that age was Ed Jovanovski and Brian Campbell. Um, I mean, I was I, soup dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I and I, I lived with Eddie for a little bit. Oh, you did? And, oh, yeah. He he took such good care of me. His you know his family welcomed me with open arms, and and he was he was tremendous to me. I I think I played with him for two years, and it was fun. It was fun. That was before his hip surgery, so I got my miles in every game.
1: You guys are a little like, aren't you? Him and I, yeah. Like as far as you're big, you're good skaters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think stick. so. I
2: mean, he scores more than I did. Yeah, but um, I think he's on the power play. Yeah, he got he got those those garbage <laughs> points. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, and then and and then Soupy was Soupy was awesome to me. He was he was uh, the really detailed pragmatic approach to the game um that that i i really enjoyed being around you know there was he was meticulous about everything almost to a fault and um you know he he kind of sh- helped me shape the mi- the mind of a really good hockey player you know what i mean how to how to be detailed you know what's what's the difference between your stick being flipped one way to the other wow. in that situation and and he was very pragmatic about his game and and um he helped me out a lot with that
1: i played with uh campbell and he we call him Soupy because Campbell Soup, right? Yeah. Original, but anyways, very confident guy. That's the one thing I noticed about him right away. And I had him later in his career, but confident and and not yeah. a fr- and and the way he broke down the offensive zone, yeah. pretty good.
2: He was he was good. He was really good. Uh, and you know, for a guy of his size to have the career that he did, um, it was was very impressive. And and you know, he was a competitor too, like like Eddie. I mean, those guys. That's that that's the other thing. Both of them, in their own ways, they were. They are extraordinarily competitive, you know, everywhere they were. I mean, you ended up, you get a cornhole game between the two of them (laughs) and it ends up in an FU match.
1: (laughs) You got uh, Andrew Peak in the locker room. He grew up admiring Ed Jovanovski. Did you know that? Yeah. Did he watch you play too, Peak?
2: Yeah, he made me feel old that day.
1: Oh, what did he say to you?
2: He said he he liked me as a player, which was very nice of him. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he grew up in that Florida area. and not, not many kids came out of there. I think him and Chickering were down there mm-hmm. together. That's pretty cool you've uh, playing with fan of yours.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it is really cool. Um, you know, that was that was a great organization, a great place to start playing hockey and and uh you know, it it, it took a lot from my time there.
1: What about away from the ice? What 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 are you into away from the ice?
2: Oh, everything my kids are into. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a we got a four month old at home, and my my little guy's twenty months. So, I mean, I I walk in, and to be honest with you, he hands me my hockey stick right right when I walk. Oh great! In. Yeah, uh, this morning we had uh, we had gymnastics. Which was lots of fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the most stretched for practice today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. couldn't wait to get That's to the right. rink. <laughs> That's right. No, I mean at this stage of life, it's it's all about the kids and and you know getting them what they need and and you know once the season starts, you, you travel a lot, so it's 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 tough to be away from them and and when we're back home, it's pretty much staying at home.
1: And you got great teeth. You got to tell our fans why you have such good teeth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> get out of the way.
1: And your wife a dentist? She is a
2: dentist. Yeah. If I lose these things, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I got a metal metal face, though. Did you You I broke my orbital. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. So that, but I still have my teeth. So that's a bad injury I had. That's hanging around this room. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're here. Knock on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, one more thing I want to ask you before we let you go here. Uh, We're talking about leadership and competitiveness and all that. As a as an older guy now that is a leader in that room, how do you? Things haven't gone well for you guys, honestly, and how do you keep that, uh, the bad feelings from seeping in, or the acceptance of losing, making sure that that doesn't become a part of the culture for the young guys that are in that room that are going through all this stuff for the first time?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very difficult, and it's one of those things you take day by day, and there's days where you're just going to come in very frustrated, and there's days that you're going to put, you know, a bad night to the side. It's It, it really is a day-by-day day thing, but... In the overall in the overall scheme of things, at at the end of this year, however it may finish, you gotta use that to propel you into you know playing well the next year. You, you, the minute you you start accepting losing, um, that's a very difficult thing to get out of the room. And and um, I mean the the past week, the past ten days, we've we've got our game in a better track, and and we need to continue to grow on that, and 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 certainly not. Drop down to the level that we were, you know, before Christmas.
0: Isn't it amazing that once upon a time, Jody Shelley was chasing you all over the ice, and here you are, years later, just sitting down and having a nice, yeah, friendly sorry, conversation. <laughs> oh,
2: I figured, we, I figured we'd be buddies. When yeah, we were done. yeah, yeah. It was it always some, gonna some good
0: old
1: school character on the team, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, well, Eric, thank you very much. We appreciate it, and uh, best of luck as you get ready to go into this next tough stretch of games. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is Blue Jackets defenseman Eric Goodbranson. Stay tuned. We'll come back to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on ninety-seven point one, The Fan. In honor of Military Appreciation Night, the Blue Jackets Foundation is raffling off select individually worn autographed camo-style warm-up jerseys. To purchase the $10 raffle tickets, just text CBJ Auction to 76278 or visit cbjauction.givespark.com. That raffle ends tomorrow, so you've got to do it ASAP. Getting ready to wrap up the inside edge. A lot of things going on and Jody, one of those things is It is that time of year where teams are getting all of their scouts together, their professional scouts, their amateur scouts, and they're having their meetings. This is the midseason meetings that they have, and then they'll get ready for the second half. A lot of – a lot of the reason for these meetings on the pro side, of course, is because you've got the trade deadline that is coming up on March the 3rd. The Blue Jacket scouts were in Tampa with us having their meetings there, and uh, the Lightning scouts were there having their meetings there. Uh, saw former Blue Jacket Mike Blunden, actually, the other night. Yeah. I, I didn't even know he was working for the Lightning. Uh, <laughs> you asked me who somebody was, and I said, I don't know that guy, but I know the guy next to him over there. But uh, So it was. it's good to see some, uh, some old, friendly faces, uh, but – It is that time. It's time to evaluate right now for every franchise because uh, the ones that are going to be buyers, they want to know what they need. They want to know who is going to fit that bill. If you're a seller like the Blue Jackets are going into this trade deadline, you're trying to figure out what you can get from the buyers and where might your best opportunity be to get the best return for whatever players wind up being on the move. So that's why they get together at this time of the year.
1: Yeah, you know, a team like Tampa would have had their they had their scouts in and they're in a situation where, you know, they, they don't have a lot of picks to throw out there to bring in players, but maybe they have to move a player to get to upgrade their game. And so, you know, you're at the halfway point where the Blue Jackets have played forty games. They're not after tomorrow will be at the halfway of course. And that's when you look and see what you have And on your team, where your team's at, of course, are you above expectations, below expectations, or right where you thought you would be? So all these teams are throwing more scouts, watching more games as they prepare for those meetings. And, you know, they're a team that usually makes a pretty good move, along with it's probably going to be 12 teams that are going to be making that push to either make the playoffs. You look at Pittsburgh in that situation, are they going to be there? I think they will. But, you know, they've had kind of a Jekyll and Hyde portion of the first half of the year and then you've got teams like Colorado who's been injured do they really know where they're at they probably think that like Landis Cog hasn't played all year uh, McKinnon Nechushkin, haven't seen much of him so you know every organization is in a different spot a lot of players a lot of teams are going to be looking for players like that big defenseman that can play on the third the second pair maybe like a Gavrikov Uh, or those forwards like, uh, you know, Coleman that that, uh, Tampa picked up a couple years ago. So it'll be a fascinating time of year. And then you have the Blue Jackets who are looking for more more draft picks, and they're starting to see with some of these young guys that are playing in the lineup, what are they really like, how much time do they need, are they two years out, are they ready now? So, you know, everyone's been assessing. And then you have the amateur side, which coming off of that World Junior performance by Connor Bedard, Now it's somewhat of a race for that number one pick. And, you know, the number one, if you're the last team in the league, you get just over 25% chance at the first lottery ball. And some people say, well, that means that the rest of the league has a 75% chance of getting that ball, which if you're the bottom three teams, you can't fall out of three. Uh, You can move up to one of those spots from further back but if you're one of the remaining teams that doesn't make the playoffs but you cannot uh, fall more than two spots so for the blue jackets yeah it, you know it's 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 important for this amateur these amateur scouts now uh, you saw they, they were all every team was I think every team was in Halifax the ones that had draft picks for sure studying the players looking for those you know later round picks players evaluating where they're at on the big stage uh, but Connor Bedard stole the show there and, and that created uh, some some buzz in some markets because he could be a player uh, a generational player that it looks he's like he's that he's only 17 years old uh, that can change an organization for a long time so you know, and, and you see these scouts, and we saw them around the hotel down in Tampa, and, and both sides, the pro and the amateur, they have the entire globe, hockey globe, covered, and they they converge and they go through the meetings and they try to get their draft order uh, in place as of now or you know coming up, and they they all have cases for their region and their players and why, and uh, it's probably lengthy, but it's thorough, and that's what uh, great organizations go through.
0: Isn't it funny how the draft has changed in? At times, and this is media-driven, I know, but it's almost like every year there's this generational player. They try to make it seem like that, right? But last year it was Shane Wright. He was going to be the guy that could change a franchise, and he didn't even go until fourth overall because teams passed on him and decided to go in different directions. But Bedard seems different. I mean, he's a 17-year-old. He dominated a tournament that is primarily 19-year-olds. And, I mean, not, not competed, dominated the doggone thing. And that's what he has done uh, throughout his his junior career so far. So I mean, this one is different. I, somebody said to me the other day about New Jersey getting Nico Heashey first, and I was like, "Yeah, but so what? I mean, a good player, but not a not a Crosby, not a McDavid, and and
1: not a Shane Wright, that kind of stuff." So this one seems different. Oh yeah, no, a uh, player like that to dominate, how he sees the ice, how he passes the puck, how he sets his, his teammates up by drawing players to him, he he's in full command of the game. And yeah, I mean it's just it, it is a little bit different in in the aspect that to have a kid that age cuz that's good that's competing against players that have played pro. You know, you look at your checks, played a few games pro in, in, uh, in the American Hockey League in the NHL. It's a big defense when he went against head-to-head. Head, head And, you know, that's a great test on a big stage under pressure. And he, he totally uh, embraced it and showed us what he has at 17. So that, that that's a great indicator of what he's going to be like when he's 20 through 35 or however long he plays in the league. Hey, let's go back to talking about
0: what teams might do at the trade deadline. And when you were talking about that, like you mentioned Pittsburgh, and right now they're holding on – to the last wild card spot. And this is all going to change in the next two and a half, three weeks until trade deadline comes up. I get that. But right behind the Penguins, only by one point, are the New York Islanders. And I bring them up because remember during the summer, the Islanders were supposed to do this. They were supposed to do that. Lou Lamarillo did nothing. Nothing at all. Um, he knew that his team had a bad year last year. They underachieved. He felt like, obviously, he felt like he, he still had pieces, right? But now... You get to the trade deadline. i will be interested to see what they might do to try to fortify so that they can get up into that group and stay in that playoff group.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and, and I think the value in staying together, there's a lot there. I think everybody wants to react and overreact, but he was honest all last season, Lou Lamorell, with where their team was at because they traveled for the first, what, 40 days of the season. You know they were on the road. It was an extended road trip while the building was getting ready. Uh, then there was sickness. Uh, you know their team went through a bunch of that injuries, uh, and he held. I mean he did lose. Uh, you know Charo is big, and he was. You know the game is. He he's a big guy with a great skill set, but last year of course things. It just seemed like he was just a little bit of a step behind. And, you know, th- those things happen when you're 45 years old playing in the National Hockey League, by the way. And, and and so they've they've upgraded a little bit. They've been healthy, and they put points in the bank when they are healthy. And, you know, they're still miss- missing a, a couple key pieces. But interesting team we don't talk about a lot. And, and he's a guy that believed in his team. And, you know, the, the value of experience together, I think, is, is something that, you know, because you look at the Blue Jackets, for example. They don't have the experience. This group doesn't have the experience that's playing right now of nhl playoffs or you know great runs this season of success or watching what they're supposed to do uh give them a chance to win so it's a very small sample size of of those moments this season where they you know they've got rewarded for what they've been asked to do and i thought last year they were rewarded right away for what they were asked to do and that was a great start so for these teams right now that have stuck together and 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 stick with their experience, that's the value of them. They know how well they can play in Long Island. They know what they're supposed to be. Uh, He did change the coach, and they're trying to be a little more offensive, and I think that's helped them a little bit.
0: Another team that's interesting here is the Florida Panthers. I mean, they are on the outside looking in. Uh, They're six points behind Pittsburgh for the last wild card spot. They're actually tied with Buffalo with 42 points apiece, which, you know, kudos to the Sabres who are starting to put things together. But – you know, the Florida Panthers, are they going to be there at the end or are they not going to be there at the end? And when you're talking about teams to make trades, you talked about Tampa. They don't have a lot of picks to make trades. What about the Florida Panthers? Like, first-round picks they don't have. What are they going to do to try to improve themselves and make sure that they get into the playoffs this year? And this is a team that
1: last year had 120 points. A good hockey team. They, you know, they, they – They were rolling through the league last year. They gave up a lot of pieces to acquire Giroux, Ben Sherratt from different teams. You're right. That's why they don't have those pieces in the cupboard. But they're going to win... They're going to win a lot of hockey games. You know, they're they're a good hockey team. There's a lot of pressure on that market right now because being in the playoffs is a huge deal down in South Florida where if they're winning, people will be there, and if they're not, they just don't show up to games. So, yeah, no, I think they'll be one of those teams that will make it extremely interesting down the run. They haven't had a great first half, but you know what? I think they're going to have a good second half.
0: Seattle Kraken is a team that uh, they're in third place in the Pacific Division right now. A lot of people gave Ron Francis so much grief when he went through that expansion draft last year. The players that were available that he didn't take, Carey Price was out there. He could have taken. He could have taken several superstars from other teams. He didn't do it. He just built a regular roster. They went through last year. They didn't make the playoffs. And of course, this all goes back to Vegas going to the Stanley Cup final the first year that they came in. Ron Francis had a longer plan. Well. It's a year. He's in a playoff picture right now, and they're going to look to fortify, but they're in a Pacific division where they're playing pretty competitively, just two points behind the Kings and four points behind Vegas. That leads the division, and they've created some separation between themselves and the other teams that are in the wild-card spot or just outside of the wild-card spot. So, again, you know, patience is a word that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, there's an example of how patience can pay off for you.
1: Well, they're a fun team to watch. I mean, their goaltending has been – Way better this year. Uh, Their defense is playing. I mean, they've got some players on the back end who Adam Larson is a guy that couldn't play in in Edmonton, and he ends up down there, and he's a horse. Like, he's played extremely well, and it's within a system that Haxtell, the head coach, has him playing where they understand exactly what they need to do to win games, and that's kind of what I was talking about with the Blue Jackets last year was the coach asks you to play a certain way, you play it, and it works, so then you, you stick with it as a team. And, and, you know, you look at some of their players that they picked up, including Bjorkstrand. Didn't have a great start, but they're all, they've are all, they all found their role within every shift. of, And they, they play fast, they play hard, and they play with confidence. They're actually one of the fun, most exciting teams to watch right now because they bring that brand of hockey. And maybe in the beginning they were surprising teams because of last year's record, but they're not anymore. And uh, I think they'll be there because that division is a extremely weak right now, that Pacific division, and they've got major excitement. And they're, their building is a tough building to play in now. And, and you know, the fans were so excited and, and uh, everything was joyful last year because it was, you know, they're, they were new to the league. But now it's like they, they're loving the run they're on and how they're in every single game. And at least it's entertaining and they take a bite out of the opposition every game they play. All right, before we wrap it up, let's talk about
0: uh, the game tomorrow night. Carolina back in here. Hurricanes third overall in the the league with their point total right now. They've been terrific. They've been building for years and years and years. Uh, You you know, one thing about it is Frederick Anderson is out of their lineup. And here's a team that one thing that has changed over the last three or four years is their goaltending. And last year they revamped the whole doggone thing, and yet they still stay in games, which goes to the point of structure. And playing the way that they play, able to help out any goaltender that might be in net on any given night.
1: Well, Rod Brandamore is is you know the face of their their team. One of the hardest working players to play. One of the best centermen to play in the National Hockey League. Work ethic is ahead of everything, and he's got uh, Jordan. St- he's got Jordan Stahl, their captain there, who played. You know knows him so well. He's been around him pretty much his entire career. It seems like and not just as a coach, as, as a, I think he played with them there too. I'm not sure about that, but I think he played with them. And, and, you know, the relationship there that drives the way that team plays, their defense are mobile, they've had success. They played the Blue Jackets last week, and, and they haven't played until last night. They were in New Jersey. They took a loss, so they'll come in here uh, and play tomorrow. So they're not happy with their third period last night. And they're a team that has those high expectations. They're probably not happy with the result of the Blue Jacket game either. That the game, so the last two games that they played, they're not happy with. So the Blue Jackets again seeing a top tier team that has high expectations. That's going to expect them to go on a long run. Uh, that's coming here to Nationwide Arena. So uh, for them, another tall task. You mentioned that, but it's 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 interesting every single night in the National Hockey League. And I love how Carolina. You're right. They. They know how to play their game, but it's right away in the season. I think some teams get away from it a little bit. Uh, they think it's easier than what it is. I th- I think Rod Brandmore has these guys' understanding uh, right from training camp that work and skating and speed on pucks uh, has to be the M.O., and they play it right out of the gate. Right out of the
0: gate and all the way to the final horn. That's that's what they are, and that is what they do. So that is tomorrow night, the Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes, 7 o'clock game at Nationwide Arena. It's being brought to you by Bread Financial, and the first 15,000 fans will receive a Blue Jackets puck tomorrow night. So if you want to get tickets for the game, and I hope you do, go to bluejackets.com slash tickets. After the Blue Jackets take on the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night, they'll head to Detroit for a game on Saturday and then right back at Nationwide Arena on Monday to take on the New York Rangers. So plan to join us for that as well. We would like to thank Blue Jackets defenseman Eric Branson for joining us on tonight's show. And, of course, thanks to you, as always. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fans.